Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. taping of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. We are back at Saludos Italian Restaurant in Gurney. want to thank our hosts, Bob and Melody Bodie, for welcoming us in. Johnny out running all over the place, trying to make sure we are up and running. And we always love coming back here. The food is fantastic. The people are great. We've got a good crowd here. They're going to ask us some questions. You never know what they're going to ask Stacy. They were asking him about his, uh, his social life in the last one. That, that was kind of scary. Where did you like to go in Chicago? That, and then you, you listed about 20 places. So that was yes, good. I did. I did. You know what? I want people to know that I, I get around. I get around. Wait a minute. Careful now. I get around. That's what I'm saying. Take it for what it's worth. And we, for the folks that are listening here in Saludo's restaurant, we have a nice display of Stacy's trademark. We got barbecue sauce, we got hot sauce, we got the St. Pat's Verde sauce. So come on up and get a bottle for your very own and take it home to your kitchen. It's delicious. Yes. And if not, you can contact Timmy Whispers and he'll make sure he gets you a bottle. You know it. (laughs) Also, we invite you to check out our website, gimmethehotsauce.com. That's where you can place your orders for Stacy's fantastic sauces. We also have information about the show. It is fantastic. I want to throw that out there. It is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. The best one, honestly, my favorite. I, I like all of them, but the St. Pat's Verde is... Oh. I love the barbecue sauce on my ribs. Yeah, yeah, the ribs that I never get. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he's still waiting for yeah, that invite. Yeah, and he's still I using know, it's, And he's using the barbecue sauce. See, I can't even taste the barbecue sauce because <laughs> I don't have any ribs to taste it on. Selfish. <laughs> oh, Selfish. man. That's leverage. He's got a special cooker, you know, grill with a smoker and the whole yes. thing, but we haven't seen it because I have no I've, I've been trying to invite to give me yeah. the hot sauce crew for the last month. <laughs> it's all and about he, the buildup. You know what? It's, you know what? This is a guy, this is a guy like, you know, it's always an excuse. Yeah. Always in, the dog ate my homework. Yeah. The Martians came down and stole the grill. <laughs> my wife's uh, having a, a Tupperware party. All these, all these different excuses. And you never know who he might invite to a party because he has a very uh, eccentric kind of taste. Yeah, in Ron guests. Jeremy, uh, <laughs> you know, greatest uh, hits. Yeah, all these, all these, these characters. Uh, Timmy Whispers. Yeah, we should meet my neighbors. <laughs> oh no, no, I don't want to meet him. I don't want to meet him. Another excuse. 
It's like Cinemax after dark at the at the Whispers yes. neighborhood. Yes, oh, yeah. the original Cinemax when they used to show <laughs> everything. <laughs> now, now every, remember the original Cine, Cinemax? Like when they first yeah. came out, oh, yeah. like that was like a like a porn channel almost. Yeah. I was like, I was tuning in every night. It was great stuff. <laughs> oh, it was great stuff, man. Hey, we're at a family restaurant. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, the conversation is taking an odd turn. My fault, America. Not, not late enough. My fault, as, America. As the Walsh family's cringing over there, Stinger. You know, before we started, you, you were trying to get that wiffle ball challenge up. I know we're talking about it later, but if you, if you cool down after that, do you ice ice the arm? Nah, I don't need ice. No, just a good, oh, just cold beer. Cold beer. Yeah. yeah. Well, nobody. That's the way the old timers used to do it. They they pitch complete games, didn't worry about it. Yeah. Well, I was throwing. I was like gas, you know, lobbing it over. No. It was. Yeah, it wasn't lobbing it over. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't America. Okay. I drive up, right? I drive up and I see these people. At first of all, I thought it was a major league person out there throwing pitches to, to fans. He's got his guy, alternate he's jersey got, on. He's got an alternate baseball jersey with baseball pants and spikes yeah. in the parking lot. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then, it's pretty scary and then stuff. he has a cup on, ladies, for a wiffle ball. But he told me it wasn't a cup. That's what he said. And I didn't believe him. But anyway, so I drive up. And people are hitting his balls all over the place. Yeah, I'm Danielle, like, Southside yeah, hitting yeah, balls. Yeah, they're all you hitting the balls. Swing the bat. So I get up there. I said, okay, throw me the same kind of pitches, right? It's like, you know, Fernando Valenzuela. He's up there throwing gas with a wiffle ball. Those I might do, first of all. Yeah, from like 10 ladies. feet away. You know those what? Those lady pitches. Okay, first of all, America, the bat was like a toothpick in my hands, yeah. okay? It was small, okay? It was so bad, me and Whispers almost had to play tennis with it. We just <laughs> used one hand and hit the ball. That's how bad it was. That's how small the bat was. Should have brought the Fred Flintstone bat. Yeah, that's what I said. The, yeah. the, the Bam Bam Rubble yeah. bat. Yeah. That's what he needed to hit it. Those, no, are, no, those no, are for no, two and under. No. Well, I'm, those I'm, are for Today, where he was throwing for me, I would have been two and under. So I get up there, right? So he's throwing gas. He hit me in the neck. Oh, man. He hit me in the arm, the, the shoulder. Now it's a wiffle ball, America. So I didn't get hurt. I was about to charge the mound but and hit him with a one-inch punch. But I said, you know, it's a wiffle ball. If this would have been a real baseball, we might have been fighting out there. So yeah. I'm standing up there, and I'm like Rod Carew, Frank Thomas. You know, we're not, you know, those guys don't swing at junk. They go, they'll take the walk. They'll get, that's, yeah. why their, that's why their percentage is so high. They never swing at bad pitches. So, you know, I was pulling out my Frank Thomas, my Rod Carew today. I wasn't swinging at bad pitches. He threw nothing but terrible pitches to me. If he threw 15 pitches, there was one good ball. So I was like, I'm not hitting it. And so they got mad at me. So they got mad at me. The, the crowd was, was yelling. People were out there. Southside Susan was booing me. In America, they did. It's a wiffle ball game. I'm getting thrown. People are throwing Chanel's things at me. It's all like the one-inch punch, just a figment of his imagination. <laughs> so, you know so, that. So, so, yeah. so they're trying to film me, Mark. They're trying to film me. Johnny, Johnny, I tried to film me out there because yeah. they want this to put on the on the website. I knew what they were doing. That's why I didn't swing in any junk because you're not gonna have me looking bad up there. So I said, okay, you throw me some good pitches. I'll, I'll get back in the box. He was begging me to get back. Get back in there. Get back in there. I'll throw you some good ones. So I said, okay, I'll lob it in for you. So now, so Bob got up there, right? Bob got up there, and Melody got up there. Okay, he, you know, Bob almost threw his back out trying to hit John's pitches because John was throwing junk. So I told him to slow it down for Bob, and then Bob hit one. And so I said, let me get up there, man. Bob, Bob got up there and hit one. Let me go ahead and show what I can do. Yeah. And I, I took this first pitch to right field. It was gone. It was out of here. And then I, I retired. I, I, I went around the base one time, and I just stopped. It was, it was easy. I can vouch for the Diamond Kings back in the yes, day when we had all those you. winning seasons. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Tim, Timmy Whispers, tell America what you know. You used to scare the crap out of people. In, in softball, America, slow pitch yeah, softball. Yeah, that close to the pitcher. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the problem. One Glory time he, uh, shortstop ripped the netting right out of the glove on a, sh a yes. shot. I, I, yes. Right so, out. so Timmy Whispers, America, is telling you the power that I have in softball and my and my home run power. Okay, so you can only imagine what I would do at a wiffle By ball. By the way, there's if the hot sauce. If I get sauce. a good 
pitch. There's the hot sauce, by the way, on display here. Oh, I'm sharing the screen. So we'll what be is that? I just see a wave what, what, of what colors. A wave of we're, colors. Yeah, we're not seeing the hot oh, sauce. There. Really? Well, I'm seeing it. So oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're America enjoying it, it, but America yeah. needs America to see it. America needs to see it, buddy. Well, while he's trying to figure out the technology, let's talk some hoops. Let's do it. We saw Milwaukee come back in games three and four of the finals to even the series of two games apiece. And Stacy, they, they followed some of your tips on, on to try to how they could handle Phoenix. And I thought they did a much better job defensively in the last two games. Well, I mean, we talked about it in the last show, you know, coming home was going to be an advantage to them with all their crowd there. Mm -hmm. So you knew they would play better. And especially in game three, they really jumped on Phoenix and defensively they've they've really locked in on the suns i mean they're taking away a lot of the things that the suns like to do and it also doesn't help that chris paul is not playing like chris paul you know for whatever reason it was last night he looked like a shell of himself i mean critical turnovers down the stretch when it was a one or two possession game he was turning the ball over uh you know dribbling off his feet uh getting his shot blocked and so they were struggling a little bit and then, you know, we were talking about the matchup with Middleton and, um, and uh, the kid, um, uh, what's his name? Bridges, Mikael Bridges. And how Mikael Bridges in Phoenix was doing such a great job on Chris Middleton and taking him out and, and really, you know, causing some problems with his length. Well, we haven't seen that in Milwaukee. So um, I think Chris Middleton now has figured it out, like how to score and how to get easier baskets. And last night with 40 points, just dominated yeah, in game two that Phoenix won, Bridges had 27 points. He had very little scoring in the last couple of games. And, you know, I think it's one of those situations where role players generally do play better on their home floor. Well, there's no pressure. You know, you're there with the home crowd, and, you know, he can make shots. Uh, you know, Jay Crowder making shots at home. Now they're forced to come on the road, and this is not the bubble, you know, right. where there is no noise. It's now you're out there, you know, 18,000 people screaming. Um, you saw it yesterday. Phoenix got off to a great start in that first quarter. And then all of a sudden, you saw you know, Giannis start to you know, turn it up a little bit more, started attacking. The reason why Milwaukee's having so much success, Mark, is the fact that they are getting to the foul line. And Giannis is getting to the foul line a lot. Well, I'll tell you, the, uh, the key here, we used to have these Stacey Kings keys. Do you see this one? I came to Middleton and wins. 26 points, 56 effective field goal, 41% from threes, and losses 18 points a game, 38% effective field goal. So that been, that's been a really big key, you know, in wins for the Bucs is Middleton because I think what we saw last night too was Holiday picking up Chris Paul, uh, Chris Paul full, full court, and Giannis really playing always, some defense. <laughs> I've always block. been a fan of that. I've yeah. always been a uh, fan you've talked of about that. picking up full court because you're not going to slow a guy down early in the game. But late in the game where his legs are tired, he's been picked up 94 feet every single time he's brought the ball in, that wears on you. You know, we used to do that during our championship run. And, and sometimes with our second group, we would trap. We would actually go trap. Phil would give us the green light, myself, Scott Williams, to go trap the guard and really put pressure on them and, and really try to wear that guard down by the end of the fourth quarter. And you're seeing that with Chris Paul. Chris Paul's had 17 turnovers in the last four games uh, for the series he wow. has. And, and yesterday he had five turnovers, did not, he only scored, what, 10, 11 points. He was yeah. not very effective. And, you know, what you say, 
the cumulative effect of picking him up in the back court. By the time he crosses in the front court and they run their first option, they don't have as many options to, to go to then. No, and that's why it surprises me that you don't see this more in NBA games, especially with the second unit, like New York bringing Quigley in and have him play that role. There's so many guards in the NBA that are coming off the bench that can play that role, man, and, and with the Clippers. They can get up and pressure. And what you want to do, you're not. the whole objective is not to try to get steals. The objective is to wear that starting point guard down to the point where he is missing shots. He's, he's, you know, his rhythm is off in the fourth quarter, and that's where you start to pay big dividends in the fourth quarter, and you saw that with Chris Paul. We've talked a lot about Monty Williams, the great job he's done at Phoenix, and what he did with Devin Booker, he pulled him out of game three when they're getting blown out. He said, you just sit here next to me. Don't worry about it. This game's lost. We'll come and get him next time. And Booker looked at the film, took it to heart, and came out like a man possessed, scored 42 points in game four. And if it wasn't for Devin Booker, Phoenix would have been dead and buried in game four. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, he, he's showing you the ability. He kind of reminds you of a more athletic Clay Thompson with the way he can utilize screens and come off the screen, catching and shooting. But I think the difference between, you know, when you compare him to Clay Thompson is that he can actually put the ball on the floor if you run him off the three-point line and he can create, get separation. He's got a deadly mid-range game, and he elevates so high on his jump shot. It's, it's really a beautiful thing to watch when you watch him shoot the basketball. I mean, he is a deadly scorer, and the one thing about him is, is that he can have a bad game like he did, you know, in game, you know, game three, and then come back, and that's that's the coaching of Monty Williams, is to be able to get these guys to come back and you know put that bad game in the, and file it away, and come back. We need you in game four, and you saw he almost single-handedly brought him back. You know, it helps when you get extra fouls too, right, Southside? Oh man, <laughs> what was that all about? Yeah, he, he should have fouled. Yeah, he, he should have fouled out like three times. I know, and he scored all those points, and I don't yeah, think he had a that, single I mean, three I'm going to tell you something. If Phoenix would have come back and won that game. There, were, there might have been a protest that was because bad. I mean, you there know, was no that was around. that was I mean, the, especially there was two that were obvious. Yeah. And when they showed it back on replay, when Drew Holiday missed that layup, mm -hmm. I mean, that was a clear foul. That was number six. He should have been gone. And then Giannis came in and dunked the basketball, but um, they didn't call it. I mean, that's what you say the superstar gets to call. Oh, no question. Yeah, he got three of them. So, you know, I don't know how it happened, but he got three of them. Yeah, Monty can't complain about the officiating like he no. did after game three because his star got extra calls. And, and that happens all the time. It happened in your day when they'll say, hey, MJ's got five or Barkley's got five. Make sure if you're going to foul him out, it's, it's got to be obvious. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the game. Um, but at the same time, when they're that obvious, like, you know, MJ could, like, you know, like tap you or try to get a steal. You know, it doesn't look so blatant. But those fouls were blatant. Like, I mean, Stevie Wonder was yelling foul. So, you know, that tells you how bad that foul was. But at the same time, you know, that didn't win or lose a game for Phoenix. What lost the game for Phoenix was their inability to make shots. Um, they, they couldn't stop, keep the paint under control. And, and I've said this, and I said this when the first two games in Phoenix. When you take out Brooke Lopez and take him out the game and move Giannis to the five and surround him with four shooters, perimeter-oriented guys that can shoot and also create off the bounce, that makes it really difficult to guard Milwaukee. You can no longer sit in the paint like they did in game one and two and, and just like camp out in the paint. Because with Brooke Lopez, you can do that. With Giannis's man, you can do that. But now you got shooters. Even a guy, even a guy like when you look at, you know, when you look at Tucker, I mean, um, Connaughton um, was Connaughton was hit. Yeah. And he's streaky. He's streaky, but he hit some big shots he when did. he counted. Mm -hmm. He did. You know, uh, Tucker, PJ Tucker. 
P.J. Tucker, you have to respect him in the corner. He's one of the most deadly three-point shooters in the game. From he had as many points as I did last night. Zero. But you know what? Hey, listen, but you know what, though? But he's a threat. And, and having a guy out there, even though he may be struggling with his shot, you have to be out there on him. You have to be able to get arms linked so you can close out to him. And that takes a guy out to paint. But if you had Brooke Lopez out there, even though Brooke Lopez can make threes, you still can you know, pack it in a little bit. We can get out there and cover him. He's not hey. going to beat us off the dribble. Hey, a couple of alarming trends for the Phoenix Suns. You see their turnovers have gone up every game, 9, 13, 15, 17. Bucks only had five last night. And theirs are going down. Yeah. Plus, there's a, almost a plus 20 in the free throw attempt discrepancy. Phoenix isn't attacking the rim. You know, they're yeah. not. It's not their game, though. It's not their game. It's, right. it's, 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 it's a more pace and, and space and get out and transition. That's another thing where they're really good at, but they've been the last three games have kind of gotten away from transition basketball. In Phoenix, they were running. They were getting out running. You saw Aiden getting out running, getting easy baskets, out running Lopez down the floor. They are no longer getting those easy baskets, and you see that Milwaukee has made the adjustment. Hustle back on missed shots. You know, we, we missed a shot. Don't be trying to go for steals in the backcourt. Hustle back, protect the paint, and, and close out to the shooters. And they're doing that. What do you make of that block by Giannis late? Some people Big are trying time. to say it's one of the best blocks in finals history, trying to compare hey. it to the LeBron chase down block when they came back from three games to one and beat the Warriors. I, I don't it's right think up it, there. It's right up there. In my opinion, it's right up there with the, the execution because he had yes. to show yes. on the small guy, get back and time yes. it. I don't even right. know who it was. I don't know if it, it was, was Booker. Booker. Booker made yeah, the pass. And you, you have to... You have to respect Booker's scoring ability to score with the left or right hand. How many times have you seen Booker get to the basket right-handed or left-handed? So Giannis has to stay there and basically not move because he's tall that Booker can score with either hand. So he's got to play honest defense, and he's got to help his man who's coming, is trailing the play. But then to be able to know exactly where that lob is going, to be able to turn. I don't think people realize how athletic you have to be to do that because he went from a squat position sliding his feet defensively in a, de a defensive stance so when that pass went up he automatically turned and most guys would just turn and look at the guy dunk the basketball but you could tell like he wasn't gonna let that happen because he did it he did it before yeah. uh i, I want to say probably his rookie year or or, or his first couple of years we did against golden state um on draymond green and, and I think Draymond Green threw someone a lob, and he blocked the shot. Same exact play. I saw it today on, online. And, um, but he is such an athletic player. And, and for a guy who probably wasn't even supposed to be in this game, wasn't he supposed to be playing? According to all of us, we're all orthopedic surgeons. Yeah, yeah. We all had him out. We, yeah, yeah, we all had him out. He wasn't going to play. And look at this guy. He's going to try to take credit for it. I knew he's going to play. He's a Greek freak. I knew. Hey, Stacey, you remember Patrick Williams had a block on eight, very similar to that. Yes, yes, that was, that was a good block. I, I, I don't put it up there. I don't, I don't say it's wasn't as good in the as, NBA Finals. Yeah. It wasn't the NBA Finals. <laughs> and then on top of that, you're guarding two right. players that are offensive threats. You know, it's one thing if you're guarding a guy like, you know, if, you got, uh, if you're guarding, let's say, you know, uh, Frank Kaminsky, who's not an offensive threat, and you make that play. It's not as spectacular. Yeah. But when you're guarding all, there's an all-star in Devin Booker who's been scoring all night long, you know, 40-plus points. And then you got a, uh, Aiden who's been playing, having a really good series. He's been struggling in Milwaukee. But to block that ball, man, that was, that was an amazing play. You know, Giannis is a two-time MVP. He's well-regarded around the league, around the world. But I think if the Bucks finish this off and win the finals, that's going to elevate his pedigree to a level we haven't seen before. I mean, we knew how good this kid was. He's 26 years old. He's still got room to get better. But if they win the finals, I mean... 
I'm what he does lie. is amazing. I'm not gonna lie, America. I'm a hater. I'm a hater. I'm a Bulls fan. I'm a Bulls red, but red, red and black baby. I can't. I can't really cheer for Milwaukee, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, America. I love Giannis. I love him. I love. I love him as a player, but I'm a hater right now. I, I can't. America, Chicago. I can't do it. I, I. I hope. I hope he wins. You know, does well, but. I'm not a big. Well, I can't let's change the subject because uh, you're a lifelong. Yes, you grew up born and raised in yes. Milwaukee. What was yeah. the, uh, you took the Dare District in last night with your daughter. That was that what was, was that amazing. Like? You know, and, and the funny thing was they almost had to cancel it because there were storm warnings in the to be area, raining. and they were just going to tell those people all go home. But they got lucky with the forecast, and they were able to have all those thousands of people out in the plaza. You know, when they designed that Pfizer Forum, somebody was really smart to put that open area right yeah. in front of the main entrance. And you see now in the ABC broadcast, they're, they're like in a restaurant across the street. Yes. Beautiful, with the mural in the it's, background. It's, it's very and, similar And the excitement is unbelievable in the streets of Milwaukee. Right it's now. very similar to what Toronto did with that Jurassic Park type situation. It's almost like they they, they copied that a little yeah. bit. Because yeah. that's, that's if people who can't afford a ticket and can't get into the games, that's a great place to have another 10,000, 15,000 people outside. You sell merchandise, food, whatever. Um, I, I think it's a great idea, man. Whoever whoever came up with that and said, hey, you know what? Because you saw it with Toronto. That was huge when the, Toronto was on their run. So uh, kudos That crowd looked pretty young out there. I'm surprised we didn't catch you on camera because we were. We were <laughs> are you looking for the old guy that, that you, didn't belong? Who does not belong yeah, in this shot? Where, was it, I mean, was it as young as it looked? I mean, because wow, John and I were going to go down there. It was predominantly younger yeah. people, yeah, because those are the people who don't mind being shoulder to shoulder with, uh, yeah. with smelly drunk hey, people. You know? I'm not going to lie to you. Nothing beats sitting next to her, Southside, watching yeah. the game. We know that she's become a huge Bucks fan. She was saying Traitor. the Suns were dancing for fouls. Well, she Jay Crowder was, falling down every oh, time anybody gets near him. I tell you what, I, I tell you what, man, that, that was the worst. I mean, some of the some of the acting in that yeah. is just horrible. You could tell they went to the Chris Paul acting school. Right. Because Chris Paul does it all the time, and now all their players are doing it. Even even one time, Devin Booker looked like he got hit in the face, and they showed the yep. replay and didn't even touch him. And yep. I was like, come on, man. And you Jay Crowder it's like falling wrestling. down. It and, uh, makes, yeah. It makes me want to so Soccer. The soccer falls. Yeah. It makes me want to listen on the radio instead of watching television because I just get uh. so angry watching them cry. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a, it's bad. A lot of these guys took drama in college, I oh. guess, because uh, when they get to the NBA, they're ready to fall down when anybody gets oh. anywhere near them. Oh. Hey, three of the guys that are playing in the finals as soon as it's over are going to head to Tokyo for the Olympics. That's Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. And how about Team USA losing a couple of exhibitions? You make anything of that, Stacey? No, I mean it's it's preseason kind of like they didn't really have a lot of practice time. You know, this is not the the dream team of of old where they're blowing everybody out by forty. It's not like that. The world has caught up. You know, back then when Michael and those guys were playing, you know, USA basketball was so far ahead of everybody else, and they're the reason that dream team is the reason why you see all these international players because. They set the tone and the trend and had all these young kids growing up watching Michael Jordan and all these guys on the Dream Team. And now you got the world now that is, is, is kind of caught up to USA basketball. We're still, we're still superior, you know, but there are some teams out there that's caught up. I mean, it's going to be a fun Olympics. I mean, seriously. They lost to Nigeria. You know what? Don't sleep on it. They had three NBA players. They had three. Hey, yeah, listen. End of the bench kind of Listen, guys, give me. I don't care. In the international. In, look at Sato. Sato, Sato, Sato's on the Bulls bench. Sato looked like uh, an all-star on his uh, Czech Republic team. You know, when you get on your national team, you play totally different 
than what coaches allow you to play in the NBA. So those guys who might be on the bench in the NBA, they may not be getting the same reps. They may not be getting the same confidence builders that they do on their national team. You got Mike Brown, who's a, a former NBA coach, coaching that team. Now, will they have success in, in the Olympics? Uh, probably not. But they'll probably have some good showings. They'll probably beat some teams that probably they shouldn't beat because they do have some talent there. Zach has been getting decent minutes because of the fact they're a little bit shorthanded. But when Booker and Middleton arrive, he's not going to play much in the Olympics, is he? I, I think he will. I, I really do because he can score. And at the end of the day, you need people to put the ball in the basket, especially internationally, because it's a different game in international than it is in the NBA. And guys like him who can score, who can get to the basket and finish, those guys are very important on this Olympic team. So uh, I would not be surprised. And the one thing I can take away from Zach, what I've been watching, because I've been watching him very closely, because I want to see how Zach plays with other star players, okay? And the one thing I've taken away from Zach is, is he's competing defensively. So when I see him fighting over screens and, and you know, just, you know, really buckling down on the defensive end, getting some steals in the passing lane, this is what I want to see next year when he comes back and plays for the Bulls. Because I believe if he can come back and be a halfway decent two-way player, that is, gonna, that is really going to help the Bulls' chances of not just making the playoffs, but being able to call some noise in the playoffs and be able to get out of the first round. But he's got to come back with that same mentality and you hope playing with Kevin Durant, all these superstar players, the mindset that you have to have to play on those, on those type of teams, it feeds him to want to come back next year and say, hey, you know what? I can play with these dudes, you know? So this is my team. I want to get to the playoffs. I'm tired of watching. Things are getting so accelerated in the NBA right now where they're trying to get back on the regular schedule October to June that we're going to have the draft oh. in two weeks, then free agency the first week of August, and then training camp at the end of September. So it's going to be crazy, and now it's kind of silly season with people speculating on trades. I saw something today where some guy, you know, it wasn't Adrian Wojnarowski. It might have been Bob Wojnarowski said that, <laughs> that Kawhi Leonard is intrigued about coming to the Bulls. I mean, you're going to hear all kinds of crazy well, stuff. Well, I mean, you know, why wouldn't he be? I mean, there's honestly... You know, there's a lot of talent here. I mean, you, you look at what Atlanta did. You look what New York has done. You look what Phoenix has done. You know, you're one player away. Phoenix was one player away from being, you know, the, in the finals. Now, granted, I was telling somebody this today. We were arguing about this. And, you know, Phoenix had a lot of things go their way. Let's just be honest, okay? Lakers weren't healthy, okay? Denver, Denver loses, loses Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Yeah. That completely destroyed that team. Then you got, you know, the Clippers beat Utah. I believe Utah would have beaten Phoenix in a seven-game series. But it's matchup. Styles make fights like in boxing. It, it's the same way in basketball. So they had a lot of things go their way. It's not taking anything away from them because they were one of the best teams all year long from start to finish. But I think, you know, they had a lot of things go their way. Milwaukee may not have been there if Kyrie Irving is healthy. Right, right. You know, I mean, Kevin Durant almost single-handedly advanced Brooklyn by himself. So if you imagine James Harden would have been somewhere in halfway decent shape, and then you have Kyrie Irving doesn't go out with a sprained ankle, that might have been a different series for Milwaukee. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of player movement that we have this offseason. We saw a lot of it heading into this year. We'll see which stars try to team up, which stars try to force trades, and you know that Arturis Karnischewicz is poised and ready to make a big move if somebody becomes available. We are happy to be here at Saludos Italian Restaurant in Gurney. Coming up next, we're going to go out to the crowd and get some questions. I'm sure they're going to have some interesting thoughts on the life of Stacey King. Woo! The one and only, the man with the golden pipes. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce.
Saludos Italian restaurant. I want to thank everyone for their hospitality. The food is fantastic. We've been sampling some of the great items on the menu. We've had pizza, wings, some cheese sticks. We're just having a great time out here. But now we want to go into the crowd and let them ask some questions about uh, Stacy King, sports, life, raw dog food, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever floats your boat. Who's our first questionnaire? Enter and sign in, please. Hi, yes, I'm Allie. Um, I have a question about like the 2010, like 2012 Bulls, like the original bench mob. Okay. Um, I was just wondering if you're still in contact with any of them or any favorite moments from those seasons. Yeah, I mean, we're, I definitely see those guys. I see Luol Deng, I see Derek Rose, um, Joakim Noah. Um, I see those guys all the time. They come to the- uh, What's so about Kyle Korver? Oh, Kyle Corver too? Yeah, we, you know, Kyle's, in, Kyle's doing uh, broadcasting now. He's on the, like, TNT doing the, the little special he's, he's show. He's a family that, man now. Yeah, he's a Not, family man. Yeah, used he's, to be the Bulls heartthrob. Those were, those were some special teams, honestly. Those were some fun teams to watch. Um, they came out and they played hard every single night. Um, you know, unfortunately, they ran into the uh, Heatles <laughs> and LeBron James because, it, and honestly, they should have probably won uh, the series uh, against them, but... Um, but those guys are doing well. I like to see. I like to see Derrick Rose finish his career here. Um, he's still got some years left to play. That would be really awesome if they could find a way to bring him back and let him finish out his career here. Um, but yeah, those are those are some fun times. Was Was Kyle Korver the guy where you originated? Give me the hot sauce. Uh, yeah, because he was the only one that could shoot threes. So the hot sauce. The hot sauce was. A lot of people thought the hot sauce was created for Kyle Korver, but yeah. it looked that way because he was the only one, only Bulls player that could actually make threes. So every time he hit a three, I'd say, give me the hot sauce. And so people just assumed, because I was giving everybody nicknames at the time, that that was his nickname. You know, Kyle's nickname was Hot Sauce. And no, no, it was not his nickname because again, he was the only one that could make threes at the time consistently. So every time he hit three or four game, and so I would always yell, give me the hot sauce. So people just attributed that. That was his nickname. So when he left, I had a bunch of people say, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> Kyle's no longer on our team. You're not making the rules. You're, you're, I'm like, listen, man, that, the nickname was not created. That wasn't a nickname created for Kyle. It was a Chicago thing. I, I thought his nickname was Reservations. Reservations for three. Yeah, he, you know, Kyle, Kyle's open as soon as he gets out of his car. I, I said a bunch of stuff for Kyle. But the give me the hot sauce has, like, just took off. And so everybody attributed, oh, Kyle Corver's give me the hot sauce. That's his nickname. Give me the hot sauce is not a nickname. You know, if you wanted to give him a nickname, it'd be Kyle Hot Sauce Corver. You know what I'm saying? Not Kyle, give me the hot sauce, Corver. It doesn't sound right. And we had Brian Scalabrini on a few yes. weeks back, and he said that you really helped him out with the whole White Mama thing. Yes, I created that name, too. I, you know, I'm very creative, Mark. You should Taj Gibson, Hard Hustle. Yes, Hard, 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 uh, hard Hat Lunch Pail. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've created a lot of good names over the past. It's gotten to the point now where I've kind of gotten away from that, you know, over the last few years, because I think people, you know, just want to see that type of it. And I'm, I have to toot my own horn, honk, honk. I'm a pretty good analyst. And so sometimes you want to get away from that 
because you don't want people just to say, oh, you're, you're great with nicknames. So I've kind of ventured into... You're not a one-trick pony. Kid. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. So I, I, I want to show the, you know, I show people that, you know, hey, I do know the game. I do know how to break the game down. And it's not just about the nicknames and all that. Even though I'm very creative and I say some of the, the craziest things on TV and people still enjoy it. Um, but the nicknames, it's tough. You got to earn a nickname, man. You just can't give anybody a nickname. Like Whispers and Stinger? Yeah, see, those, are, right. the, the, oh. you know, those are nicknames that are created. You know, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, I tell people all the time, Jimmy Butler's nickname, Jimmy didn't have a nickname when he was a rookie. Okay, he came up to me and said, hey, you gave everybody else a nickname. Can you come up with a nickname for me? And I'm, well, you know, of course, Jimmy's only playing eight minutes a game. So yeah. what kind of nickname can you give somebody eight minutes? The Minute Man? Eight minute. Man yeah. Jimmy the Minute Man Butler. No, it doesn't sound right. But so Jimmy, this being Chicago and, and, you know, kind of like that tough street kind of thing. So it was like, you know, Jimmy G Buckets. The G stands for Gibbs. Yeah, that's great. And, that's, and, and he's got a Nike deal with JB, Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets. And everybody calls Didn't him Greg Jimmy Anthony Buckets. Greg Anthony tried to steal that? Yeah, he tried to steal it. Hey, you know, that's copyrighted, bro. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that, baby. Everybody, everybody knows where that name came from. And Jimmy has came out on many, many shows and said, He's giving me credit. Stacey King gave me that nickname when I was a rookie playing eight minutes a game, and uh, I owe it all to him. So I appreciate that. But if you want to send me some gear, JB, um, you know, I'll take some of that Nike gear, though, bro. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, our next questioner is not named Susan. We're using Susan Walsh's computer. So why don't you uh, give us your name, uh, where you're from, and your question for Stacey. Hey, fellas. Um, I'm, I'm Mark. Um, I'm from Gurney. All right. And I have a question. Um, do you think D. Rose will end his career back in Chicago? I, I doubt it. I, I would like to see it. Um, unless it's something like Luol Deng, you sign a one-year deal. One-day deal. A one-day deal or yeah. Joakim Noah one-day deal and they retire that way. Derek still has a lot of basketball left. If you, you know, you've been watching him play the last you know, three or four years, he's been able to stay injury-free. You know, he's content with the way they've been playing him. He came off the bench in New York this year. He's one of the big reasons why the Knicks made it to the playoffs. Let's just be honest. He's going to get paid you know, this and summer, And he's going to get paid because he's still a starter in this league. I mean, there's many, many bad point guards in this league. Derek still is a threat. His peers, the, the guys in the NBA, still respect him as an elite player. It's just sometimes the media doesn't, re, you know, respect him as an elite player because they're still looking at MVP Derek Rose. Derrick Rose now has evolved into a complete player. This is the player that everybody cried about. They wanted him to be when he was yep. flying all over the place, jumping over seven-footers and dunking. And, you know, the, the fans loved it, but the media wanted him to be more of a point guard. He's got to be more of a traditional point guard. He's got to get his teammates involved. And now that he's doing that, forced because of injuries, he had to change his game, you know, they don't like it now. They want old Derrick Rose back. Now it's like, oh, we don't need we want, you know, he's lost a step. He's not explosive. But he's averaging, you know, 17, 18 points coming off the bench, got a team to the playoffs. What else do you want from him? Thank you so much for the question. And look at Susan. She's already changed the computer. Now we have Saludos patrons. Isn't that great? Oh, this is oh, the all-star Bulls pitcher. gear. Yeah, this all is the guy that, pitcher uh, that struck out uh, John yes, Walsh. Yes, he struck out Walsh 10 times. Hey, give us your name <laughs> and your question. All right, my name is Matt. My question is for Stacy. If you and LeVar Ball played one-on-one -on -one tonight, how many times has he putting you in the spin cycle? He ain't putting me nowhere in the pit spin cycle, brother. I'm telling you right now. Hey, listen, it's free cheese, mouse in the house. I think it's a setup question. There. It's free cheese, mouse in the house right now, baby. Hey, right, listen. Uh, okay, I, I done got to the point now. I'm at the age now. I'm, I'm not banging in the paint anymore. I'm, I'm open as soon as I get out of my car. 
I'm shooting from range, distance. I'm bringing hot sauce. I'm making it rain. Whatever you want to call it, I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm no longer banging in the paint. I don't want physical contact anymore, Matt, okay? I just want to shoot the three and then just, you know, try. I'm not even running back to the other end of the court. You know, if I'm playing a pickup game now, I just stay on one end, yeah. and then you just find me. I'll be in the corner, <laughs> and I'm shooting nothing but threes. Matt, I didn't like that question. I just want to throw that out there. You might get the one-inch punch, okay? Okay? You know, could you, be the winner. You could yeah. be the winner of the one-inch punch there, yeah. buddy. <laughs> All right, Southside, who we got? We got another question coming from the audience? Question. Uh, question. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, here we go. Hey, so Stacy, you know, if, if you ever got in the whiffle in the whiffle ball box with John Walsh, I mean, how many how many strikes are you gonna take till you decide to swing in a ball? I'm okay. just curious. Okay. Question. okay, this is setup. This is a guy that was paid to come on and ask this question. Okay, he is now the prime candidate for the one-inch punch. Okay, Johnny, yeah, I see you, Johnny. First of all, you you and John go back a long way. Okay, you guys are friends. You've worked together behind the scenes. John, is that y'all are boys. So, of course, you're going to side with the great Stinger, okay? Stinger is the worst wiffle ball pitcher I've ever seen in my life. The guy, I've never seen anybody try to try to throw a 100-mile-an-hour wiffle ball. And, and then when the ladies got up there, he was throwing, like, almost underhanded, okay? And then the girls started hitting off of him, and then he started throwing gas to them because they were hitting off of him. But then when I got up there... He hit me with a wiffle ball. Now, granted, I told you if it wasn't a wiffle ball, we'd have been fighting. Cause he went for my he went for my head. He tried to he tried to give me some chin music, tried to brush me off the plate. But I wasn't scared, Mark Chinaski. It was well, a wiffle ball. How about the video that John showed us when his daughter's boyfriend came yes. over to have dinner and, yes. and meet the folks? He yes. takes the boyfriend outside yes. and, and throws chin music yes. at the kid. Yes, he, you know what? And I will say that video, he did he did throw oh, yeah. some pitches where that kid could hit. Kill okay. never come back again. Okay, but he is did he throw. still dating your daughter, by the way? Yes, he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah, didn't, you didn't yeah. scare him too bad. Huh? No, because no, no. he, he threatened the kid. He said, listen, we're filming you. If you hit any of my balls, <laughs> you're not dating my daughter ever again. Don't ever, don't even think about it. So I just want you to stand up here and look bad. Hey, King, I was going to give uh, Johnny a bottle of uh, hot sauce, but... Might be off the table. Right? Yeah, it's off the table. Johnny's not getting it now. Sorry, That's Johnny. It's $14.95 yeah, plus handling. It's, it's $25 now. We upped the price because you want to be a smart ass. I think we got another questioner in position. Hi, my name's Eric, and I just wanted to ask now that Gar Pax is gone, how you truly feel about him. Well, that's another that's trick question. That's a John question. Walsh question. Yeah, that's John Walsh. <laughs> I love, love Gar Pax. I saw, I saw Gar a few weeks ago. He's very I saw friendly. Pax. I talk to Pax all the time. He's uh, going to be on hey, the listen, show. Hey, listen, listen. He's going to be on. Yeah, he's going to be on the show. Listen, sure let me he will. Tell you, let me, America, <laughs> Chicago Bulls fans. Okay, listen. I know over the years it's been frustrating. Okay. Yeah. And everybody wants you know everybody wants to you know rip Gar and Pax whatever. John Paxson really had did a good job as far as draft picks are concerned. His hand was after the Jerry Krause years, John Paxson got Kurt Heinrich right after right after Jason Williams got hurt in a motorcycle accident. Okay. Was able to get Ben Gordon, Lou Aldang, he drafted Joe Keem Noah, uh, Jimmy Butler. I mean you go down the Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson. I mean you go down the line, brought in, you know, Nate Robinson, CJ Watson. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of the free agents that, that came in were, you know, Kurt Thomas, uh, you know, Scalabrini, Boozer. They brought in a lot of guys. Oh, Tibbs. Did he bring and he brought and, and when Tom when Tom Thibodeau could not get a job as a head coach anywhere, mm -hmm. Pax and Guard took a chance on him and they signed him. And you know, again, the Bulls were so close of getting over to a finals, 
if if things would have bounced their way here and there. But at the same time, yeah, did they have misses? What 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 general manager doesn't? What what good organization that doesn't have misses? Okay, you can't be defined by misses. Now, some of the coaches they hired. Okay, you could say, well, they hired you know Vinny Del Negro, had no experience, whatever, and that you know that was a, not a good hire. You know, you could say Fred Hoiberg. I still think Fred Hoiberg is, could have been a very good coach. There was a lot of undermining things going on behind the scenes with that situation, but you know, I thought I thought he was a great hire when they hired him. So you know, yeah, did they have misses? I mean, Jerry West had misses. Everybody has misses. You know, Jerry West. The difference, with Jerry West, though. Jerry West is not afraid to say he made a mistake. Yeah. Like if he drafted a guy in the first round, a lottery pick the yep. first year, and that kid don't pan out, he trading him year two. Yeah. He don't mess around. And and I think that's the difference there. I think you know maybe Pax and, and Gar, you know, believed in their guys a little bit more, and and they drafted them. They want them to do well. I mean that that's a good sign of a GM. I mean you know you're, you you want to see guys do well that you draft. You're going to give them every opportunity. And when they don't do well, then you get blamed for it. So, you know, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's, you know, change is good. You got two, you got new guys now, you know, AK and, and Mark Eversley. Those guys are doing a great job in the front office. Billy Donovan's going to be better in year two because uh, you're going to have a training camp. You're going to have summer league. Uh, their players, their young core group of guys are going to be better. And Patrick Williams in year two is going to be a thousand times better than he's in year one. And he was pretty good in year one. Uh, Kobe White's hurt, but he'll take another step. Uh, they're going to have to go out and get a point guard probably. Um, but I, I trust in, in the front office. I believe, you know, when you look at what, you know, AK was part of in Denver and how they built that team. And now you got, you know, the Bulls second round pick coming in here now that I think he's, is that officially signed? Uh, yeah, Samanovic. Samanovic. Yeah. yeah, and that's, that's going to be huge. And then you're going to wonder, like, okay, what's the situation with Lowry now that you have him? You know, you got, bye bye. You got Daniel Tice that's still out there that's going to be warrant a lot of attention. They've got they've got some interesting questions they got to fill out. But I, I believe in these guys, man. I don't I don't sweat anything in the summer. People always ask me, say, what do you think about this? What do you think? I'm like, I'm not even worried about the Bulls because I believe in the front office. They'll get the right players in here and they'll get this turned around. Our next questioner with the New York shirt. Are you from New York? No, I'm not. My no, sister okay. went on a trip. She just got me a shirt. Oh, okay, great. What's your question for Stace? She got to introduce My herself. She got to say her name. What? You got to say <laughs> your name. Let everybody know who you are. Your friends, your, your family. I'm Riley Bodie. I'm yes. Father Mel's daughter. I know who you were, Riley, because you were hitting John's wiffle balls. Yeah, she was killing John's wiffle balls. She hit more balls than Stacy. Yeah, she did. She did. She's a lacrosse player. Yeah, she had a lacrosse stick too. Yeah, yeah, John. And see, there's always that little that little guy in the background. The little we call those little guys the little the monkeys in the background. That's John. He's an instigator. He's the instigator. Yeah. He's gonna get pepper spray when this is over. <laughs> but my question is, I know you played with Michael Jordan. Have you seen the first Space Jam? Yes, I did. My kids, my kids loved that movie. It wasn't a movie that I. I really wanted to sit in and watch, you know. Um, but when you have children, the sacrifices that you make for children—you won't be you, watching you, you, Space Jam too, I'm guessing. No, hail to the no, no, because you you can never you can never remake a, a, a so what is considered a classic, okay? Whether you like Space Jam one or not, it was a classic for the kids, okay? And a lot of like guys like Zach Levine grew up watching that and, mm -hmm. and really turned to basketball because of that. And now to have a remake and have, you know, LeBron James doing it. I would have rather seen, like, you know, honestly, like Steph Curry 
or someone be the star. You know, someone that, like, you know, that is like the underdog that's not big, you know, not super strong, but, you know, he's a guy that, you know, kids can relate to. You know, he's, but, you know, of course, you got to get the superstar player, the best player in the game. Should have called a toe jam. Oh, oh yeah. come on. Uh, that's right. That's this. right. <laughs> but you didn't get a chance to ask, you, ask your question. You didn't finish. Or you just want to ask about Space Jam 1, or do you have a follow-up on that? Yeah, the follow-up was, like, how are you feel about... Uh, Michael Jordan not being in the second Space Jam and LeBron James. Well, at least they didn't kill him off. Like he got killed by the aliens or something. Yeah. That would have been sad for all the kids who grew up watching. <laughs> if Michael would have got, got like, you know how they do like old yeller? They put him to sleep, you know, or, or where the red fern grows, those old movies like that. I'm glad they didn't do anything like that. I'm surprised they didn't bring him back, though, in some form to like help LeBron. He, he doesn't beat. want to be in LeBron's no, I don't movie. Think, I don't think he wants either. I saw it in the trailer that Tweety Bird got flattened again, but I think Tweety Bird's going to be okay too. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not really anxious to look at that. It's not a movie It's not a movie that I, I want to see. You know, I mean, like I said, I don't have any kids or grandkids. You know, I'm, I'm too young for that right now. But, um, you know, if I had grandkids, I'd probably take them. But, but, but you think if you did like a pay-per-view, your kids would come over? No, nah, they don't even want to watch that movie. They, you know, they only want to watch like the best of Ron Jeremy and, you know, Debbie does Dallas. Hey, you know, Stacy, that movie's available uh, starting tomorrow on HBO Max. Do you think that John will get HBO Max? So no, John it? is John is cheap, man. John, <laughs> listen, man. If it's not Netflix, he'll Look never watch Susan's it. Look at camera. He's got to yeah. listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's not. Trial. Yeah, she's asking for She's asking for HBO Max so she can watch King Kong and Godzilla. John, John said, hey, this just wait a year. It'll be back out on Netflix. You know, it's just, come on, man. Come on, stop being so cheap, man. Just, just go ahead and spurge a little $15 and get the HBO Max. Come on, man. Michael Jordan Southside shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he, he saved that money for the Southside shirt. Remember, he said that. He said, but I bought you the shirt, honey. Like, wow, you're comparing HBO Max to buying a, a shirt at the swap meet. Come on, man. Susie, wow. you got a question for John? Can you, can you, can you buy a question, HBO Max? I, this is my new shirt. I didn't get it at a swap meet. Is that the big ouch <laughs> instead of the big hurt? The big ouch? <laughs> they spelled hurt, H-E-R-T. <laughs> South size misspelled. It's misspelled, too. I got my big ouch shirt. Oh, it's S-O-T-H. It's soft side, soft flock. She goes down to the crowd to get our questions and, and gets this abuse from the panel. That's 30 years of abuse. 30 years of abuse. <laughs> Takes a long time. Takes no, a long it's, it's time. It's only 25 years for John. Yeah, it is. They just it recently is. celebrated their it anniversary. Is. Oh, happy Absolutely. anniversary. They celebrated their anniversary, and all she got was this lousy uh, shirt. The lousy oh. shirt. <laughs> the big hurt. H E R T hurt. Wow. The big pain. Uh, <laughs> she's back with the computer. Here she comes. She said, I'm tired Angrier. of getting. I'm tired. She's angry right now. She wants to hit Finally, us with the laptop. Get the one inch punch. <laughs> yeah, well, she can't she may you. use the one inch punch on us. Susan's been perfecting it on John. She can't wait to use it on us, Mark. Coming for you. Oh, see? See? You can never hit. You can't hit me, Susan. You can't hit me, Susan. She got up the stairs in a hurry. She yeah. did. I, hey, she creeped up on me, boy. I thought it was Lee Harvey Oswald. Like, hey, what's going on here? Security. Uh, it's dark up here, too. You can't even see her coming. She got the black shirt on. She's just like, she just blended in with the night. That's uh, right. You gotta watch yourself. Sneaky, 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 like a ninja. How's the play, Mr. Lincoln? <laughs> she, she John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> Susie oh, did a great job. We want to thank all the folks in the audience. They were awesome. 
Some great questions. You always have a great time here at Saludos. Johnny Ott, you're going to get it, boy. (laughs) The one-inch punch is coming, and so is our off-the-wall segment. That is next on Give Me the Hot Sauce, episode 37. And she'll like it, too. Welcome back, episode 37 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. And if you're a regular listener to the show, we hope you also watch on YouTube so you can enjoy all the laughs, all the facial expressions. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. We'd like to have a regular listener and viewer so you don't miss a single episode. And if you've been following us, you know that Stacy is a master of many things, including bringing up a couple of pair of uh, American bullies. Yes. And, and you're under attack now with your, yes. your, your diet. You've been feeding uh, the guys raw food, and yes. there's a story out that that's causing a superbug uh, infestation. Know, America. <laughs> America. If you go straight to America, America. you know he's serious. America, don't listen to that, okay? It's propaganda <laughs> for the people that are selling kibble, okay? And, and you know, Southside sent that to me today. It was very disturbing reading in, and I, as soon as I started reading it, Mark, I knew it was all lies. Lies, <laughs> lies. I put that in the text. Okay. It's the big lie. You've heard about lie. the big lie. I okay. just wanted to make sure you knew. I, you know, you got to stay informed about well, these things. I appreciate that, Susan. America, <laughs> all I'm going to say is this, okay? And this is why I got on the raw diet to begin with. And it was brought to my attention. I got a little history lesson about the raw diet. Okay, so that's the new thing now. It's not a trend thing. It's, a lot of people are doing it. Veterinarians are suggesting that, you know, you, you get the raw diet. Um, when you look at a wolf in the wild, America, okay? <laughs> We're going to go back to that wolf movie yeah, the wolf, again. The wolf, oh the wolf in the wild. Susie's trip to Alaska. Okay, okay. Wolf. so a wolf doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get, you know, rabies shots. He doesn't get all these shots. He doesn't get kibbles get, and bits. Doesn't get, he get everything, everything. He doesn't get dog food. Everything is captured. He eats it, and it's it's raw food. Yeah. And, and wolves live to be 20-plus years, okay? They're not going to the vet every week or every two weeks. <laughs> Do you know how much it costs to go to the vet? I'm in the wrong business, America. I should have been a veterinarian. Seriously. Oh, yeah, it's good I mean, money, as yeah. much money as it, like, to take your dog in if he's, if he's sick. And he has a cold or something, right? I didn't even know dogs got a cold, but my little Brixton got a cold that I had him in when he was when he was going to his trainer. Yeah. They put him in little kennels, and he got like some kind of kennel cough type things. So I had to take him to the doctor. Like five hundred dollars later, it's because he didn't have his mask on. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's some call for. That's some call for Mark. Okay, little Brixton got some kind of like some kind of anti-inflammatory in his chest, and it was just he was coughing up stuff. And then sounds I had to go like to, a superbug. Well, you know, wow. Okay, there shots fired. Okay, shots fired. We know so, he's dropping. So I can't. I, I, I had to go. To, I had to go to the vet. And, and if anybody has dogs, you know I'm not lying. No. When you go to the vet for anything, you're going minimum. You're going to spend three hundred dollars minimum. I thought you had insurance. Like I dogs. do have insurance, but you still got to pay. You still got to pay first, and then you you take it to the insurance claim to get your money back, and they only give you like 90 percent of it back. But in order to raw diet, Salutis is determined to make us very fat. We uh, we had some pizza earlier, which was fantastic. Now they brought out these great cheesy bread things. I'm not gonna lie, wings we got. Hey, we're gonna break open Stacy's signature sauce to go with the wings. Hey, I'm not gonna lie though. That pizza was awesome. Thank everybody here at Saludos. Saludos is awesome. It's one of the best pizzas that that I ever eaten. And I mean, if you're if you're sponsoring us, I'll tell you your pizza's good too. (laughs) So I mean, whoever sponsors us. But back to back to the raw diet. I'm (laughs) sorry. Sorry, I interrupted. Okay, yeah. Before I was really interrupted. 
The, the raw diet, don't listen to that, America. That's the propaganda from the kibble people. And, and there's so much dog food on the market as far as kibble is concerned. It used to be they only had like Purina dog chow back in the day. There's only a few. But now there's so many of them. And what you got to watch out what the dog food is, is the fillers. You know, they may tell you like, you know, 70% of it's chicken or beef, but there's another 30 or 40% that has fillers in it that has grain that makes your dog itch, um, gives you allergies. Your dog could have allergies to something in the dog food. So when you see all these people taking their dog in, it's itching and scratching all the time. They think it's fleas. No, it's, it's really from the, the dog food that they're eating. So when you have the raw diet, when you have the raw diet, you got to make sure you get it from the right people. You can make it yourself. You can go to the store and get, you know, beef yeah. and vegetables and whatever. It, it takes too long to do that. I'd rather have mine made up. I, got, I have a place called BJ's Raw, and they're not sponsoring us. But, BJ, if you're listening, I'm uh, just shouting you out right now. So <laughs> we would take a sponsorship on free dog food. Uh, forget the sponsorship. Give me free dog food. But BJ's uh, Raw Diet uh, raw diet Food in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania. I get it shipped every two weeks, uh, 10 pound tub. So I, I probably take about 50, 60 pounds worth of dog food, put it in the freezer, and then I feed my dogs and they love it. They but, absolutely but love were, it. You were talking about wolves. So do wolves have meat farts too? Wow, this guy comes in, another <laughs> grenade, meat farts. Wow. Hey, that's one of your big complaints Listen, from the raw food. But you know what let's, though? I, I will say let's, this. Let's, I, not, yeah, let's it, not hide that. Yeah, you know, we're, since he brought it up, ladies and gentlemen, you know how dog farts are. I mean, it's not just with the diet. Dog farts stink. People are eating here, yeah, Stacey. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sorry. It's yeah. part of America. I'm sorry. Saludos, Saludos are sorry. sorry. Okay, there's a little puppy down there. There's a little, did you see a little chihuahua down there? She's yeah. so Okay, cute. you saw how cute he was? Yeah. yeah, he ripped one when I came up the stairs. Okay. Little meat fart. Yeah, yeah, it was a little meat fart. So, <laughs> so, 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 America. You know, tell us about the maze. Can you tell us about how you put the food in that? Oh, I like that. America. Okay, so, you know, they sell these things when your dog eats too fast. When you give them regular dog bowls. My dogs engulf. Like Kobe, my little American bully, pocket bully, will eat his food. As soon as you put it down on the ground in a regular bowl, and I turn to walk and go put bricks in down, he's gone. And he's ready to go eat Brixton's food, okay? So now I had to get one of those slow feeders. And it's like a little maze. So then you put all the food in there. and But he has now figured out how to, to, to beat that system. So I've now, so now I've have to, I have to kind of do something a little bit different for him. Because he's like, a, I mean, he eats anything. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I have to watch him every second because I look around, he's got leaves in his mouth. He's eating the stick. I, I give him treats. He eats the bones. I mean, he just yeah, eats Yeah, don't get everything. any goldfish because they'll no. be in the goldfish bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. How, how are that's your true. walls? <laughs> okay, see, John's keeps bringing up sore spots. You know, you know, puppies can't control themselves, America. They're eating You know, that, you know that, that's what I'm saying. In America, we're, we got people eating right now. Uh, John's eating wings, you know, but we all know puppies may have little accidents and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay, America. Bad grandpa. Yeah, I, listen, I'd rather have a puppy than a human. So Stacy okay? says the, the th important thing for dogs is to stay away from grains. He's saying yeah. that if a dog found a box of Lucky Charms, don't eat the Lucky no. Charms. Eat the no. Leprechaun instead. Yeah, yeah, eat the Leprechaun instead. That's it. But I'm telling you, America, do your homework. Do your homework on the, on the raw diet. I'm telling you, they, I, hey, since I put these dogs on a raw diet, 
Never once had an upset stomach. Never once had uh, you know runny stool. Everything is solid. It's me and Tim's friendship again. Solid nice is me and your friendship. Whispers, see me. That's solid. Our friendship I, I doesn't like a loose stool. Time wow. to get off of this topic because everyone's enjoying their dinner here. Hey, I'm sorry, Salutos. Hey, one thing I noticed on the group text, you mentioned that you were re-watching Friday Night Lights. Oh. I, I did that during the pandemic. Oh. watched the whole thing, and it was great. Oh. It, it, it takes you away. It yes. puts you in a different time. I'm going to tell you something. I, I was, like, I forgot some of the episodes yeah. in Friday Night Lights, okay? Great. So I've just been binge-watching it every single night. And the last two years, like the first three seasons were awesome, okay? Uh, there was a lot of highs and lows. Um, I didn't know if Tim Riggins was ever gonna graduate. Like, <laughs> I don't like, think he ever did. I, I don't think he ever did. He was in high school like 10 years, okay? Yeah. And I understand why Tim Riggins was still there because you know, he, you know, he's a nice looking guy. Heartthrob, yeah. Heartthrob, and he had that bad boy image, you know? But he was in high school an awful long, because he was supposed to graduate with Street and then smash. Yeah. And they graduated, he still was back like a sophomore. It was like they brought him with Saracen. Remember Saracen? Was Saracen a had a rag arm though. He yeah, couldn't no, play quarterback was, but, for a, and, and a he was, team. Okay, so I was I was talking about this today. I said, who's the most depressing person on that show? Because when I watched it the first time through, I didn't really wasn't really paying attention to that. But now going back watching it, I'm like, oh my god! Like this person is so depressing. I just want to just jump off of my roof. One of the girls. Yes, yeah. Julie. Julie, oh, yeah, the coach's yeah. Wife, yeah, no daughter, question. always unhappy. She is always unhappy. She was unhappy when when they had little, the little baby. <laughs> yeah. She was unhappy when her dad took the job at TMU. She was unhappy. And then Saracen bailed, Saracen bailed on her. She yeah. was upset. She, the, I think for the whole set, <laughs> seven seasons, I don't think she smiled not one time. Yeah. She, her mom slapped the spit out of her mouth one night because she came in. She was in a van with some dude uh, looked like John Wayne Gacy or something. And she was not supposed to be in the house at 10 o'clock. And it was like 1 o'clock. And she was outside making out. And then the mom came out there. And she started talking trash to the mom. And I had flashbacks of Lois King. I was like, oh, Lord. Uh, I didn't, didn't want to see that, man. I didn't want to see that. That reminded me of my mom. I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, they, they must have been watching Stacey King growing up. But that's what my mom would do me. But Lila and uh, Tyra got around a little bit, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, she's like the town bike. Everybody rode her. Uh, <laughs> not a good America. It's not. It's, it's just it's a not, TV show, America. It's a TV show. And then, that didn't and happen then, in Oklahoma, did it? No, 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 no. no, no. So then what happened the last two years? Because you remember, you remember, you know, Coach Eric got fired or he left on his yeah, own. Yeah, he went to Dillon. East Dillon. He went yeah. to East Dillon. Last on the raggedy, field. Yeah. Raggedy school, yeah. raggedy uniform. They didn't even have uniforms. Yeah. But he turned the program around. He got my man Michael B. Jordan. Now, I would have loved for them to finish out that storyline and let him rebuild that school. And I'm right, right now I'm in the last season. And yeah, it kind of died. died yeah. slow death. Yeah, it was kind of because all those people started getting bigger roles in movies. Mm -hmm. You know, Kyle Chandler started getting roles in movies. Uh, then his Connie wife, Britton. Connie Britton, was doing TV. She was starting to become a big star yeah. with the country. The country is what was it called? The Nashville. 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 Star that, yeah, yeah, she was the yeah. star of that. Uh, Michael B. Jordan turned into a, a, a Creed. star. A Creed. I mean, so they had a lot of guys from that store. And then Riggins. Uh, did some good stuff too. He had mm -hmm. some good shows. He had uh, Savages. You ever see Savages? Mm. Oh yeah, Savages is a good movie. Uh, you gotta watch that. America, watch Savages. Oh, the movie? Yeah, the movie oh, Savages. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Where they were selling pot. Yeah. Where they had like the world class right. pot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was an awesome movie. And so, he had Brooke, Brooke uh, no Blake Lively in it. Oh yeah. Oh, she was smoking oh, yeah. hot. Oh lord. Oh, yeah. oh. So, so what shows you guys watch or rewatch? I, I rewatched West Wing this summer. That was mm. a lot of fun. 
Martin the best Sheen of, being the president. It's good. I, this I go guy back. here, the best of Ron Jeremy. No, I, I always go back to the classic. Yeah, let's go back to the classic. The best of Ron Jeremy, baby. Maybe a little Red Shoe Diaries. Oh! Freak. Freak alert. Freak alert. John hasn't said anything. I guess you're not much of a TV guy, huh? No, not particularly. No, I like to get outside. <laughs> I'm an outside guy. Outdoors, he likes to watch old videos of him hitting wiffle balls and <laughs> yeah. striking out his, his his daughter's boyfriends. Well, I was gonna say you wanted you wow. wanted to be a vet. I was gonna say you definitely want to be a wiffle ball player. <laughs> hey, like, listen, so. all I gotta say is all I gotta say is I didn't get struck out. Yeah, okay. That's all I gotta say. I, yeah, I took one deep to right field. Okay. You, you can't get struck out if you don't step up. To okay. The you know what, Susan? You know what? The one inch punch is really getting <laughs> is getting loose over here. I'm I'm a one inch punch south. Outside over here. Takes about an eight an eight foot punch across yeah, well, the table. You know what? Careful now. You know what? I mean, Susan, Susan, what I've learned about Southside America. Southside is like she is very protective of the stinger. Okay, very much. You so. cannot say anything about the stinger because Southside's yeah. coming. Which that's like, what it should be. Yeah, I mean Southside is coming for protection. I wish I had someone to protect my back Frank like Farmer. Southside. That's like Frank Farmer. Yeah, here. she's Frank Farmer. Yeah, she's jumping in front of the bullet. So Watch you're... out, honey, I'll save you. And she jumps in front of the bullet. That's Southside, ladies and gentlemen. When you have a wife like this, this is this is why marriages last for 50 years because people like Southside. Because she loves her man. Stand by your man. That's the song right there that plays when she walks in the room when they're at home. When she comes in the house from work, that song plays. Stand by your man. So yeah. Stan is Rachel Marin. Yeah. Yeah, he's Rachel That's Marin. That's kind of cute. Yeah, he's the, he's the female lead in the, in the, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, so Southside is Kevin Costner. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Stinger is is Whitney Houston's character. Well, in, in Rachel Marin. Rachel Marin. We don't watch a lot of shows, but we do watch a lot of movies, and that's one movie that came on over the weekend. It was on like three or four times. So oh, we were watching it, and my son got Bodyguard? into it. Yeah, Bodyguard. Oh. And my son th thinks it's a great movie. The only yeah, problem with that John movie... didn't know who Frank Farmer was. And yeah, so I, I did. I said, John, John, that's oh, Frank, you Frank know. Farmer. Now I know Frank Farmer. That's <laughs> oh, like, yes. But my yes. son was disappointed that the, that the ending credits is the song that, you know, the beautiful song at the end that she doesn't perform. Yeah, it's nowhere in the movie. Yeah. It's the song everybody associates oh. with that movie, but she only sings it during the credits. Yeah. We'll always love you. <laughs> That's a, but you know who sang that song first? Dolly Parton. Dolly. Yeah. I think Dolly, Dolly Parton wrote it. I think she did too. Dolly. I tell we you should what. talk about Dolly. She's kind of like a. We should talk about Dolly's. Oh. Dolly's Dolly's. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly's. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, the twins. Mercy. Okay, you got the rifles ready? Yeah, I got them. Oh, Here we go. I'm sorry, America. Time for some rapid fire. Those oh. rifles are pointed at Stacy. Oh, so's Dolly. <laughs> Dolly's pointing. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> Hello, Dolly's. <laughs> standing, standing at attention. Oh. And now we Freaks. talk a little bit about the baseball all-star game was earlier this week. You know, those uniforms, I know that that's not really our, our thing, but why would you go away from having teams represent their, their home city where you can identify them right away? They're shuffling guys in and out of the field. Nobody even knows who's pitching because they've got these generic uniforms. I mean, talk about blowing an opportunity to, to market. All you heard about was Shohei Itani and uh, Tatis Jr. Everybody else was ignored. Nothing. Almost, you know? Nothing. They're, that was really bad, too. If you're one of those other players that, you know, your family's watching or, you know, friends are watching back home and you get no credit, no, your name's not even mentioned, um, that's, that's really bad. How about Joe Buck interviewing Chris Bryant when he's on right field going, hey, uh, you're going to be traded one of these next couple of days. How do you feel? 
Yeah. Wow. The mic'd up thing was cool, but Joe Buck has this image that he's a Cardinals fan. Of course, his dad was the legendary oh. broadcaster for the Cardinals all those years. See you tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah. And you get Chris Bryant playing out in right field like, like he's the, the worst guy on the team. They just threw him out in right field and said, like, 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 like when you're six years old in the T-ball and yeah. nobody hits a ball out right, there? Right, right, Well, Chris Bryant should have said, how about I come up there and hit you in the th with a throw punch? How do yeah. you like that? And Chris is a really nice guy. He wasn't saying anything, but it would really be hilarious. Mic'd up for the whole world to hear it. He would have said, you know what, Joe? F you. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Joe? Joe, you know what? After this is after this inning's over, I'm coming up in the booth and I'm gonna kick your ass. I'm gonna pull those okay? plugs out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. But you know, Joe might have been up there with the sauce though. He, you know, he'd been known yeah. to he'd uh, been known to tip Joy it back. Drinking during the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. he'd been and, known to tip it back and a little bit. A cup. Yeah. Well, how about Stephen A. Smith talking about the uh, Woo. man, yeah. you see how I'll tell you what, man. ESPN's been taking some black eyes the last oh boy, week. They sure have. They have been taking some serious black eyes. The, the you know the uh, the Rachel thing with uh, Maria Taylor, Taylor. Uh, that was really really bad. I mean you know at the, at the at the end of the day, man. Like and then you got Stephen A. Smith talking about this young kid who's doing something we haven't seen since Shohei Ruth. You know, and you're 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 basically calling him out for having an interpreter. It's like, come on, man, really? You can't be a superstar player or be accepted in America because he has a translator. That had to be the dumbest comment I've ever heard anyone say. I will say this for Fox, though. At least they gave you largely, an, well, it was an unedited conversation. The NBA, they have these mic'd up segments, and all you ever hear on the broadcast is, let's go, guys, come on, we got to play harder, because they have somebody editing in the truck that won't, any, anything that involves strategy, can't play it. So why why put a microphone on somebody if you're not going to hear what that? Yeah, saying? I like it when they did the old NFL videos back in the day when NFL you heard, films, NFL films, oh. and you hear all those guys talking. Ooh, baby, oh, I like, like this kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Singletary, you know what the NFL all, stands for? Hey, not for long. I'm going to tell you Randall. something. I always remembered Mike Singletary was saying that, like he didn't talk trash at all. But to hear him say that, yeah. I like this kind of party, baby. <laughs> I love that, dude. That was the I, Dick Sable awesome. days, though. Yeah, yeah. oh, man. I had it. Yeah. I love those. I love when they had those players mic'd up and they'd be talking trash. Oh, and yeah. that, Those were awesome. Lawrence Taylor. Ever see some oh, of this stuff? Yes. Lawrence yeah. Taylor, man. Yes. yes. Yeah, those yes. NFL films thing were fantastic. I, I, but you'd only see them Sables, way after like, the fact. You wouldn't see them that, that yeah. season. But I, I, did anybody watch the Home Run Derby? Because I thought that was relatively yeah. entertaining. It's, it's the same thing every year, though. And at Coors Field with juice baseballs, you knew well, there were What are the rules in that, man? How many pitches do they get? Well, it's all time. It's all time. Man, I mean, uh, uh, Pete, was it Alonzo? Yeah, Pete I mean, Alonzo. I mean, it seemed like he was up there for forever. Because he was in the bonus. They man, were, he had like 30-some home runs. I was just like. The polar bear. I was like, what? what is going on here? Like, okay, is that a, can, who's throwing these pitches? How many does he get? Yeah. And it seemed like he was going to go for 50. Not Stinger. No, if, if Stinger was up there pitching, nobody would have hit. Bill Jouse's brother that was pitching to him. Yeah. Whose brother? Yeah. I, I was trying. Bill Jouse, the guy in the sports Bill Jouse. TV. Yeah. Well, he was throwing guy. watermelons. Yeah. yeah. He was well, He was throwing watermelons. I threw a lot of watermelons earlier tonight. Oh, here we go. Just, you know. This guy here, man. But I tell you what, if I was, if I was, if I was anybody that was watching that was in the home run contest, if I would, let's say, Shinowski, you would have been my pitcher. And I would have saw that guy throwing as many watermelons to Pete Alonzo. I'd have said, Mark, you're fired. I'm going to get that guy right <laughs> here. Get a better guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, hey, man, I'm going to give you 10 grand to come and throw me these same pitches. I'm sorry, Mark. I know you came here. I know your family's watching. And you it's your go. big chance. You got to go. You got to go.
got to go. Hey, speaking of football we were talking about earlier, there was some discussion about the best wide receiver tandem in the history oh, of the NFL. Yes. Some great nominations. Uh, you know, we went into the Bubble Up folder, Bubble Up the Cloud bubble Reimagined, up. and we looked at some of the great one-two punches in NFL history. You think oh. of Jerry Rice and John Taylor and Lynn Swan and John Stallworth, Randy Moss, Chris Carter. I mean, Isaac Ooh. Bruce and Torrey Holt. Just some great names through the years. Stacey, you, you watch a lot of football. Who do you think is the greatest receiver tandem in NFL history? Man, that's tough. I, I mean, it's, it, to me, it's between, you know, Rice and Taylor and Swan and Stallworth. But I grew up a Cowboys fan, and the Cowboys had some really good wide receivers back oh, in the sure day, did, too. Yeah. You had Drew Hill. I mean, Drew Pearson, Pearson. and Tony Hill. Yeah. Okay. Then you threw in Golden, Golden Richards. Richards. Golden yeah. Richards, Butch Johnson. Yeah. There were some very, very – Alvin Harper and Michael Irvin. Right. That's a good and one. And that was a great tandem. Clayton Duper. In Miami. Yeah, yeah. from Miami, yeah. 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 The Smurf, where tandem. were the Smurfs at? Where were the Smurfs? Was that Washington? Yeah, that was Mark uh, Monk and Clark, yeah, part of yeah. the fun bunch. Yeah, yeah I, I would say if, you, if you're really looking at the greatest tandem, I mean – you could even throw Moss and, and Carter on there, too, as far as, like, you know, the receptions and Hall of Famers. But I, I would say, man, you know, Rice and Taylor would be probably, probably would get the nod, but a very close with Swan, Stallworth, and Carter and Moss. Those would be my three guys. Don't sleep on, don't sleep on the Colts, too, though, because yeah. Harrison and Reggie Wayne were very right. good for Peyton yeah. Manning. Yeah. A lot of those... A lot of those, uh, and then Moss in uh, in New England with uh, with uh, Wes Welker. Yeah, yeah, he had don't 25 sleep. touchdowns. Don't yeah, sleep. Two touchdowns. Yeah. So there's an argument. It's it's just, I mean, you, but you have to go with the, the top three. I would say Rice Taylor, Swan Stallworth. Yeah, Moss you look at Swan Stallworth. They won four Super Bowls. Right. And yes, that fantastic right. juggling catch that Swan made yeah. over my Cowboys. You've seen that a million yeah, over times. My Cowboys. Cliff Harris. Yeah. Cliff yeah. Harris. Over yeah. my over my Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course, I go back to the Packers glory years with the great Ray Scott. Dowler oh. with the catch. Oh. Carol Dale, 20 yards. Max the great McGee. Ray Scott. Yeah, they weren't really Max throwing McGee. the ball downfield no. much. No. Yeah, Barzard yeah. didn't really air it out. Digging and dying, digging and dying, baby. Run, oh, run to daylight, baby. Sweep left, baby. Power yeah. left, power eye, let's go. How hey. about some rifles? I've guys, been shot! Did you guys see this story about you can actually pay to go up in space? I oh, mean, hail to and, the no. And then, and I heard driving in that, that one guy made the paid like $28 million and said that he's got a conflict and he can't go now, so he's got a delay. Yeah, How do you pay $28 million for something and say, oh, I'm, think, on second thought, I can't go? I think no. he chickened out. Yeah. yeah. And an 18-year-old is going in his place, which is something. kind of interesting. You would never get me up there. <laughs> ever. No? Ever, 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 ever. Hey, the good news is there. he has $2 million left. Let me tell you something, though. Let me tell you something. Like... To me, to me, there is not enough, not enough, like, experience doing that. It's not NASA. It's not like NASA saying we're going to go to NASA. They're going to send us up. Now, I would, I would go NASA. Trust me. I've been on so many flights with Kate <laughs> because we sit in the back of the bus, right? And I'm a nervous flyer. And Kate, every time there's a bump, oh, Lord, we're going down. That's it. This is it. We're going down. And then next thing you know, he covers himself, like, in blankets. And, just, and then he's out. And we're bumping and bumping. And he's got a blanket over us. So I... I kind of who's the, who's the most nervous flyer, a Bulls player, that, over the whole year you've been traveling with the team? Either man, as a player or a broadcast. I'm gonna tell you something, man. I, I I would say I would say like I'm I'm, I'm me. I would really? say me. Yeah. Wow. I, 
Because you know what, man? I just every time, like, I mean, we've been on some really scary flights. Okay, America. I'm just lucky <laughs> to be here. Okay, we've been on planes. I've been on planes where the where the actual engine blew. And the wings are on fire. And the fire. wings are on fire. I've seen that, America. I've seen that. I've seen black smoke. I've seen where it looked like a bird went into the little yeah. the things, and it really was not. It was just an engine blowing, and we had to turn back around and go back to Minneapolis and land the plane. And I'll never – we were flying the Dallas Mavericks plane in the preseason. I'll never forget this. We're all flying, and we're like, oh, this is really nice. we got great internet. we got TVs. I mean, it's like flying in the Ritz-Carlton. I said, name. I said, this is man. We might want to go play for Dallas. This is a nice plane. This is the nicest plane I've been on. So we're up in the air, and everybody's all, you know, we got the stewardesses bringing this stuff. It's really nice. All of a sudden, you know, I'm looking out the window, and you hear this boom, and you're like, whoa, and the, and the plane like kind of dropped, and then you see a flame shoot down the side of the glass. Never a good sight. No. So Nate Robinson, little Nate Robinson. Oh my God, Nate Robinson jumps out of the seat. And runs down. The plane's on fire. The plane's on fire. He's running down the aisle. We're going down. We're going down. Everybody's like, "Sit down, Nate. Sit down." It's okay. Sully it's Kevin okay. Hart. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then the pilot comes on the thing and says, uh, "Please, everybody in their seatbelt. Everything's fine. We can still fly with three engines." So we're like, "Okay, that made us feel a little bit better, all right?" Because we see the blunt, the flames, and then so then all of a sudden it goes, "Boom!" Another one blows. Now it's on the other side. Same situation. Let's balance out that So, no, no, no. We weren't done. We weren't done. So, so now we have two. And there was the big, what do you call those things? Those big things. Turbines? The, turbines. turbines. Yeah. So these were huge. They were yeah. huge. So two of Most them blow. Of them are. We only have four. Yep. There's only four. Yep. So you only got two left. Okay? Yep. So the guy comes back on. Don't worry, we can fly with two. It's a short flight. So we're all like, oh my God. Nate's still running around screaming. So are you heading to Chicago still? Yeah, we're still going to Chicago. And so then, so then all of a sudden, the third one blows. Boom! And now we only got one. John Paxson said, turn this effing plane around now and head back to Minneapolis. And so we turned the plane back, come to find out later on that that fourth one was very close to blowing as well. And that plane could have been, it could have been a disaster, bro. It could have. So you're saying Mark Cuban sabotaged the Chicago Bulls? I don't, I'm not saying that, man. I'm not trying to get a lawsuit, Mark. Don't be trying to get me in a lawsuit. <laughs> All I'm going to say is it was a scary thing. Yeah. I mean, I've been on some flights, team flights, where the, uh, you know, <laughs> we were going to Detroit one year. And uh, so it was during the playoffs. We were going to Detroit. All of a sudden, Something, something happened, we hit a, a pocket, boom. And then all the little air things come out, the little, the little yeah. oxygen things, all of them come out at once. And so then we ended up having to fly lower to the ground because we were up at too high and we started to come down. We were so low to the ground, you could actually see the street signs and street names. That's when you know, like I felt like I was in a hand glider. Like I was so low to the ground, and I'm like looking at people waving. I'm like, I'm like, hey, are, are we are we a little bit too low? When you can see people waving at us, like wow. That's a 45 minute flight. You're like shit. We're yes. hitchhike here. Oh, yeah. and then we the year the year Scotty had the migraine headache. Um, it was just a bad luck flight. Scotty had the migraine headache. They have us filming. They're filming us coming in. The bulls are coming in down for the playoffs. So we're coming in. They're filming our plane. And we start, we're, we're rocking back and forth because there's a lot of wind. We come down, America, you can just picture this if you're on YouTube. We're coming down, we're descending, we're de and we're kind of going pretty fast. Like, okay, you know, don't be afraid to hit the Fred Flintstone <laughs> and put your feet out there and stop the plane. So we come down and we bounced in. Boom! I mean, things are falling, things are coming out of the overhead. 
And literally, I was like, man, is there any way I can get a bus on the next trip? Like, <laughs> I, I just, I'm not a big flyer. I don't, I mean, listen, anything can happen. Don't get me wrong. But it, I'm just not, John, I tell you. I mean, John, I mean, I grabbed John's arm. He sits next to me. That's one of the oh, prerequisites to sit next grip. to me. Yeah. yeah. That's on yeah. the prerequisites to sit next. Because normally I don't have anybody sitting next to me. Yeah. So John always looks like a sad puppy because he doesn't want to sit by certain people. So, so John will come to me. <laughs> we're not John, naming names Yeah, we're not tonight, naming any names, yeah. right? So John will come to me and go, hey, King. Hey, King. <laughs> yeah. You mind yeah. if I sit there? And I'll look at him and I'll like, okay, John, like, there's four seats up there. Like, I'm like, but he, he'll go, King. He'll, he'll do one of these. I'm like, all right, man, come on, sit down. So I'll move all my stuff. And John will sit next to me. And we, we have pleasant conversations. We're talking. But as soon as I hit that bump, Oh, oh man, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing his arm. I'm holding him like a teddy bear. I'm a hey, man. Yeah. John ain't lying about yeah. that one. Yeah. Mayor, he's telling the truth. <laughs> I know I fabricate stories sometimes when, yeah. it, when, it, when it fits me, but he ain't lying. He's like my little teddy bear on the road trips when we hit bumps and turbulence. I will squeeze his arm. Susan, I ain't going to lie. That's about as close as I want to get to your husband. Stand by your man. No Stand by your man, Susan. <laughs> but that's the closest I want to get to your husband under them circumstances, okay? Was, was that a man code violation? It is a man code yeah. No, it's not a man code. Listen, it could be a man code violation, but hate when to, you're scared to call your and he's out. the only person next to me, like, I'm, I'm going down. Not I'm at 25,000 feet. It's 25,000 oh. feet. Yes. Oh, is yeah. that the rule? Hey, yeah. John, yeah. give me the rifles one more time. <laughs> can't wrap up this segment without giving some uh, love to the Chicago White Sox. I yes. know this the last couple of weeks we mentioned the Cubs are blowing up the team and we, we yes. mentioned Chris Bryant. Let's talk about the White Sox. Let's I mean, they've do done it. a fantastic job. Eight games up at the All-Star break yeah. on the Cleveland Indians. They lost their entire starting outfield injuries. They lose second base with Nick Madrigal and all they do is win. With that starting pitching rotation, they're going to get Eloy Jimenez back in a couple of weeks. You know that Rick Conn will probably make a trade for an outfielder or a second baseman. This is a team that could win the World Series, Stacey. Listen, they, they, were, they were a team last year that people thought could win. You know, then they ran into an Oakland A's team and knocked them out. But I, I think this year, like, this is their year. Like, you know, they're playing good baseball. There's a bunch of guys that they probably weren't counting on uh, to begin with and that are making contributions. Um, I just want to, I mean, seriously, I just want to get out to a White Sox game. So uh, if all my friends in the White Sox are in the front office. You know, after uh, the you barbecue, tickets, we can have the barbecue yes. at Whisper yes. Sauce, and we'll go yes. with a guaranteed rate I and want, watch a game. I, I want to love a – I'm, I'm sitting there right, right now. Some ribs and White Sox. Down. <laughs> no, forget your ribs. We'll forget your ribs. You're not giving us oh. anyway. Okay, I'm, you're I'm dirty. We'll rent but, a little van and we'll drive it behind it. <laughs> I'm talking to all my friends over the White Sox who may be listening to this. Okay, the Give Me the Hot Sauce crew yep. would like a suite to watch some Ooh. White Sox games because they always take care of me. Jerry, Jerry Ryzen takes care of me. Jerry, Jerry, I know you might be listening. Well, Sam, they nice suites. Hey, he always takes care of me. We always sit in the suites. Jerry takes care of me. He sets it out for me. So, Jerry, if you're listening in Arizona or if you're back in Chicago, uh, yeah, hook me up. Hook your, hook your boy up, man. You got a Yankee hat on, though. So hey, that hey, oh. hey. There was no need. You're not going. You're not going. You can't see. You're, 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 you're not going. Southside. Southside. You're going to go and make sure you get a jersey and make sure you get a hat because, you know, waiting for your husband to get that is not going to happen. Okay? She it's got the Southside shirt yeah, on. That's, that's yeah, that's not, not real. Southside pride. She got in a swap meet. You're loving your team it's, right it's, now? She got in a swap meet. She's got the Nike swoosh she on. Got, you know, it's, no, it's not a swoosh. It's a swish. It's not a swoosh. Susan, you having fun watching the White Sox? Absolutely. Yeah, they've been great. I mean, it, 
know, getting Lance Lynn, picking up a great closer and Liam Hendricks. And this oh. is a team that's got some staying power now. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Their so division's kind of weak, but yeah, we'll see. Hey! Oh, easy. Hey! And they open the second half against wow. the Astros, who swept them wow. in a four game series in Houston, so that'll be yep. a good test for them right yep. out of the gate. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's, uh, let's do a little. Uh, on the down low, and I know that uh, Stacy and Whispers are big fans like of the UFC, but you guys had to be disappointed. Well, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. I was disappointed what I saw from Conor McGregor. Not just that he got beat, but the way he left the ring and was, you know, the arrogance of the guy is, is almost overwhelming. What did you guys think of that whole display? Whispers. Wait, Whispers. It was bad afterwards, but the thing is, if you, and this will be lost in this whole view of what happened last Saturday is that if he had won that in that first 50 seconds when he had that guillotine, which was darn close because you don't have the sweat yet, it was very close. People don't realize that. It was right there. Another second or so, that fight's over, and then his legacy is solidified in a whole different level as compared to what we're talking about now, where it all falls apart because his mouth, he can't back it up anymore. Well, we've seen so many fighters that were over the hill through the years keep fighting just to get checks. And you'd yeah. hate to see his career devolve into that, where he, because he, he's going to get a big payday anywhere he goes, because he's still the biggest name in the sport. He made twenty-three million, yeah. I think, in this last fight. And, when and the he, next closest guy made like five million, Dustin Poirier only made five million, and everybody else was like eight hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. He he took the lion's share. But the age isn't. I mean, they're the same age. They're both thirty-two. And so, can he come back? It's all, it'll be all upstairs if he can come back or not. Here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I, and we've been talking about this off, off air. Um, the problem with Connor is, is that when you go back and you look at his documentary, The Notorious, yeah, that was a hungry kid. That was a kid who mm -hmm. was starving. He didn't have any money. His girlfriend, you know, allowed him to quit his job to train full-time MMA to chase his dream. And the one thing about Connor, Connor's been loyal to everybody in his inner circle. He's brought everybody with him every single step of the way. And at some point, you know, when you see how he's, you know, when he was at his best as a two-division champion, beating everybody, predicting, knocking out, he beat a guy that no one had beaten in, like, many, many years in Jose Alda. No one knew, no one ever thought Jose Alda would ever lose, okay? He was just indestructible, and Connor knocked him out, like, in 30 seconds, okay? So that kind of solidified him uh, being more than just a mouth, okay? But the problem with Connor is when, you know, when you're a big draw now and you went and fought Mayweather in boxing, you made a hundred million, which enabled you to start your whiskey company and, and turn you into a businessman. You have, you have taken those profits and you have generated them into something now, long-term wealth. So now you're saying to yourself, are, is he still hungry to come in there and get his brains beat in every night? Is he, is he willing to come in there for, even if it's $20 million, to me, he doesn't have that same hunger to, to be the guy that he once was. How could you when you make, you're make you making $200 million out, right. outside of Marvin, the MMA? Marvin Hagler. Yeah, you just, you just don't there's – no, there's no reason to fight. You've already solidified your legacy as being one of the greatest you know, fighters in MMA history. He completely turned the game around. I mean, from what he's done and as far as – like you watch all the fighters. You go back and watch early – you know, early before he actually came into the UFC, guys weren't wearing suits to press conferences. Guys were wearing sweats and cut-off shirts. And when he came in and he started, and he, this is before he started winning. This is before he won a championship. He was dressed up to suits at press conference like NBA players. 
And now you see everybody come into the arena with a suit on. You see guys at the podium with suits on. They look first class. And he's turned the way people look at the MMA around. Whether you love him or whether you hate him, the one thing about him you can't deny he's talented and he's a moneymaker. Did uh, your sons enjoy the fight? Did they come over? Yeah, did, look, did you get the, the pizza look, that they wanted and uh, look, wings and anything little. else? You know what? America, <laughs> when you have children, you, you know, we learn after a certain period of time. We love our kids. We'll do anything for our kids. But, you know, when they get to a certain age when they're, like, adults, you know, they, they still use you. <laughs> they, they love you, but they, do they really love you? You know, I, I ask my kids to come over and do something for me. Hey, I need you to do this. I'm busy. I can't come. I can't. But you say, UFC fight pizza? What time you want me over there? What time you want to pick the pizza? <laughs> it's a whole completely different. So I know all the people out there who have kids, because you, know, you, you thrive to be an empty nester. You thrive. But I, honestly, as a parent, you go, man, I wish I had some chaos in my house. I wish I had the fighting and all that when they're gone. You do miss them. So I don't see my boys as much as I would love to because they got their own thing going, whatever. So then when I do have them, it's almost like I had to bribe them to come over and see me with, with uh, Lou Malnati's. Hey, Lou, if you're listening, uh, we're looking for sponsors. But we, uh, so the UFC fight, so they're like, you know, yeah, Dad, we're coming over, order the pizza wings and, you know, the beer and all that. So I, they came over and used me again. I, I felt used after they left. But, you know, it's, it's part of it. I love my boys. They love me. Hey, before we get out of here, uh, is anybody going to get the one-inch punch? You know what? I, I, I started to get um, Tim with it, but I was talked out right, of it. Right in the back. Him, I got him in the back with it. I didn't really get to, because I felt bad because he's got a he got a broken wrist. He's still rehabbing his little wrist. He's got like, you know, little he's, wrist. he's got a little wrist. wrist. He's, he's inside his, his hand, his one, one hand is bigger than the wow. other one. Yeah. He actually has a, he looks like a claw. About. Yeah, he's got like a little claw. <laughs> said, you, ever see that, you ever see that Burger King commercial when, the, when the, the guy had the little hands and he's trying to eat the Big Mac? That's what Tim's hands, when his, his right hand looks like is injured. Hey, it's he like he a little bitty hand. Like Larry the Lobster. Yes, Larry the Lobster. He click, took some wiffle ball swings, though. He got up there and he swung the bat. he did. He did swing the bat. tennis racket. You know, but, you know, the bat was small in America. The bat was like a toothpick, and oh you know, I'm just gonna say, John. You know, I don't know if any of you people out there who's listening right now has played wiffle ball. Okay, no one's throwing the wiffle ball like 100 miles an hour. Okay, the wiffle ball already has a natural movement to it—a curve, a slider. Okay, so that you you have to go against that already. But when someone is like eight feet away from you and throwing <laughs> gas. With a wiffle ball, how in the hell are you supposed to hit it? And then I say, back up, back up. No, no, I need to see the plate. Well, I can reach out and touch you. You're too close. Back up, man. Back up. And so, like, when he was pitching his wife south side, he backed up, like, 30 feet. So she was able to see the, the trajectory of the ball. She was able to see the spin. And I ain't going to lie, though. Southside, I wish we had this on film, ladies and gentlemen. Southside does have some athletic ability. She doesn't look like it. But she is an athlete. She has a nice swing. She, she has a nice swing. She she has some nice cuts in there. I was like, she's more athletic than John. That's, like, like, wow. that's like the Stephen A. Smith school of compliments. Yes, yeah. yeah. it was like it. But. Yeah. Listen, that left hand listen first of all, ladies and gentlemen, Southside Susan is very beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. If you haven't seen her, she's a beautiful woman. She could be a model. So that's why I'm saying she doesn't look like a baseball player because she's she's a girly girl but we really know she's not because all the stories and episodes all the episodes she used to get beat up by her brothers she's really tough she's really tough she's lady. Frank Farmer yeah she's Frank Farmer for real <laughs> and and she rules the Walsh household with iron fist okay I just want to tell you that America don't don't let the pretty face fool you 
Okay? She rules that household. Well, thank you, Stacey. Okay, my check's in the mail. I'll be expecting check's you. Check's in the mail. <laughs> thank you. I think that's a kind of a good note to end episode yes, 37 to Give Me the Hot Sauce. We want to thank all the great people here at Saludos, our hosts, Bob and Melody Bodie. Oh, Bob and Melody. Johnny thank F. You. for taking care of us with all this food that'll take us weeks to try to burn off, oh, but it's delicious. <laughs> if you're in the Gurney area on Grand Avenue, make sure you check it out. Saludos Italian Restaurant. Also want to awesome. thank our friends at Bubble. Yum, yum. Make sure you download that app. And we're yum, looking yum. forward to getting back in the Hustle and Flow studios next week with a brand new episode of Gimme the Hot Sauce. Stacy. Nation. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mary. Get so used to that. Uh, drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, beep. Gimme the hot sauce. Oh, sriracha.